O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, November 24th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10.17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayashev, and it means, And he settled. Genesis 38, 1-30 About that time Yehuda left his brothers and camped near a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. There Yehuda saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite, whose name was Shua, and he married her and cohabited with her. She conceived and bore a son, and he named him Ur. She conceived again and bore a son and named him Onan. Once again she bore a son and named him Shelah. He was at Chazeb when she bore him. Yehuda got a wife for Ur for his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Yehuda's firstborn, was displeasing to Hashem, and Hashem took his life. Then Yehuda said to Onan, Join with your brother's wife, and do your duty by her as a brother-in-law, and provide offspring for your brother. But Onan, knowing that the seed would not count as his, let it go to waste whenever he joined with his brother's wife, so as not to provide offspring for his brother. What he did was displeasing to Hashem, and he took his life also. Then Yehuda said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, 
Stay as a widow in your father's house until my son Sheila grows up, for he thought he too might die like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in her father's house. A long time afterward, Shua's daughter, the wife of Yehuda, died. When his period of mourning was over, Yehuda went up to Timnah to his sheep shearers together with his friend Hira, the Adulamite. Tamar was told, Your father-in-law is coming up to Timnah for the sheep shearing. So she took off her widow's garb, covered her face with a veil, and wrapping herself up, she sat down at the entrance to Anam, which is on the road to Timnah, for she saw that Shelah was grown up, yet she had not been given to him as a wife. When Yehuda saw her, he took her for a harlot, for she had covered her face. So he turned aside to her by the road and said, Here, let me sleep with you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. What, she asked, will you pay for sleeping with me? He replied, I will send a kid from my flock. But she said, You must leave a pledge until you have sent it. And he said, What pledge shall I give you? She replied, Your seal and cord and the staff which you carry. So he gave them to her and slept with her, and she conceived by him. Then she went on her way. She took off her veil and again put on her widow's garb. Yehuda sent the the kid by his friend the Adulamite to redeem the pledge from the woman, but he could not find her. He inquired of the people of that town, Where is the cult prostitute, the one at Anam, by the road? But they said, There has been no prostitute here. So he returned to Yehuda and said, I could not find her. Moreover, the townspeople said, There has been no prostitute here. Yehuda said, Let her keep them, lest we become a laughingstock. I did send her this kid, but you did not find her. About three months later, Yehuda was told, Your daughter-in-law, Tamar, has played the harlot. In fact, she is with child by harlotry. Bring her out, said Yehuda, and let her be burned. As she was being brought out, she sent this message to her father-in-law. I am with child by the man to whom these belong. And she added, Examine these, whose seal and cord and staff are these. Yehuda recognized them and said, She is more in the right than I, inasmuch as I did not give her to my son Shelah. And he was not intimate with her again. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. While she was in labor, one of them put out his hand, and the midwife tied a crimson thread on that hand to signify, This one came out first. But just then he drew back his hand, and out came his brother. And she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. So he was named Perez. Afterward his brother came out, on whose hand was the crimson thread. He was named Zorak. Ezekiel 47, 1-48-35 He led me back to the entrance of the temple, and I found that water was issuing from below the platform of the temple, eastward, since the temple faced east. But the water was running out at the south of the Mitzbayah, under the south wall of the temple. Then he led me out by way of the northern gate and led me around to the outside of the outer gate that faces in the direction of the east. And I found that water was gushing from under the south wall. 
As the man went on eastward with a measuring line to his hand, he measured off a thousand amot and led me across the water. The water was ankle-deep. Then he measured off another thousand and led me across the water. The water was knee-deep. He measured off a further thousand and led me across the water. The water was up to the waist. When he measured yet another thousand, it was a stream that I could not cross. For the water had swollen into a stream that could not be crossed except for swimming. Do you see, O mortal, he said to me, and he led me back to the bank of the stream. As I came back, I saw trees in great profusion on both banks of the stream. This water, he told me, runs out to the eastern region and flows into the Arabah. And when it comes into the sea, into the sea of foul waters, the water will become wholesome. Every living creature that swarms will be able to live wherever this stream goes. The fish will be very abundant once these waters have reached there. It will be wholesome, and everything will live wherever this stream goes. Fishermen shall stand beside it all the way from En Gedi to En Eglum. It shall be a place for drying nets, and the fish will be of various kinds, and most plentiful, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and marshes shall not become wholesome. They will serve to supply salt. All kinds of trees for food will grow up on both banks of the stream. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. They will yield new fruit every month, because the water for them flows from the temple. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Thus said Hashem, These shall be the boundaries of the land that you shall allot to the twelve tribes of Israel. Joseph shall receive two portions, and you shall share the rest equally. As I swore to give it to your fathers, so shall this land fall to you as your heritage. These are the boundaries of the land, as the northern limit from the great sea by way of Hethlon, Lebo, Hamath, Zedad, Berathah, Sibram, which lies between the border of Damascus and the border of Hamath, down to Hazer Hadakon, which is on the border of Haran. Thus the boundary shall run from the sea to Hazer Enon, to the north of the territory of Damascus, with the territory of Hamath to the north of it. That shall be the northern limit. As the eastern limit, a line between Haran and Damascus, and between Gilead and the land of Israel, with the Jordan as a boundary, you shall measure down to the eastern sea. That shall be the eastern limit. The southern limit shall run, a line from Tamar to the waters of Meribah Kadesh, along the wadi of Egypt and the great sea. That is the southern limit. And, as the western limit, the great sea shall be the boundary up to a point opposite Lebo Hamath. That shall be the western limit. This land you shall divide for yourselves among the twelve tribes of Israel. You shall allot it as a heritage for yourselves and for the strangers who reside among you, who have begotten children among you. You shall treat them as Israelite citizens. They shall receive allotments along with you among the tribes of Israel. You shall give the stranger an allotment within the tribe where he resides, declares Hashem. These are the names of the tribes. 
at the northern end along the Hethlon Road from Lebo Hemoth to Hazar Enon, which is the border of Damascus with Hamath to the north from the eastern border to the sea, Dan, one tribe. Adjoining the territory of Dan from the eastern border to the western border, Asher, one. Adjoining the territory of Asher from the eastern border to the western border, Naphtali, one. Adjoining the territory of Naphtali from the eastern border to the western border, Manasseh, one. Adjoining the territory of Manasseh from the eastern border to the western border, Ephraim, one. Adjoining the territory of Ephraim from the eastern border to the western border, Reuben, one. Adjoining the territory of Reuben from the eastern border to the western border, Yehuda, one. Adjoining the territory of Yehuda from the eastern border to the western border shall be the reserve that you set aside, 25,000 amot in breadth and in length, equal to one of the portions from the eastern border to the western border. The sanctuary shall be in the middle of it. The reserve that you set aside for Hashem shall be 25,000 long and 10,000 wide. It shall be apportioned to the following. The sacred reserve for the Kohenim shall measure 25,000 amot on the north, 10,000 on the west, 10,000 on the east, and 25,000 on the south, with Hashem's sanctuary in the middle of it. This consecrated area shall be for the Kohenim of the line of Zadok, who kept my charge and did not go astray, as the Leviim did when the people of Israel went astray. It shall be a special reserve for them out of the total reserve from the land, most holy, adjoining the territory of the Leviim. Alongside the territory of the Kohenim, the Leviim shall have an area 25,000 long by 10,000 wide. The total length shall be 25,000, and the breadth 10,000. None of it, the choicest of the land, may be sold, exchanged, or transferred, It is sacred to Hashem. The remaining 5,000 in breadth by 25,000 shall be for common use, serving the city for dwellings and pasture. The city itself shall be in the middle of it, and these shall be its measurements. On the north side, 4,500 a moat. On the south side, 4,500. On the east side, 4,500. And on the west side, 4,500. The pasture shall extend 250 amot to the north of the city, 250 to the south, 250 to the east, and 250 to the west. As for the remaining 10,000 to the east and 10,000 to the west, adjoining the long side of the sacred reserve, the produce of these areas adjoining the sacred reserve shall serve as food for the workers in the city. The workers in the city from all the tribes of Israel shall cultivate it. The entire reserve, 25,000 square, you shall set aside as the sacred reserve plus the city property. What remains on either side of the sacred reserve and the city property shall belong to the prince. The prince shall own the land from the border of the 25,000 of the reserve up to the eastern boundary and from the border of the 25,000 on the west up to the western boundary, corresponding to the tribal portions, the sacred reserve with the temple sanctuary in the middle of it, and the property of the Leviim 
and the city property as well, shall be in the middle of the area belonging to the prince. The rest of the land between the territory of Yehuda and the territory of Benjamin shall belong to the prince. As for the remaining tribes, from the eastern border to the western border, Benjamin, one. Adjoining the territory of Benjamin, from the eastern border to the western border, Shimon, one. Adjoining the territory of Shimon, from the eastern border to the western border, Issachar, one. Adjoining the territory of Issachar, from the eastern border to the western border, Zebulun, one. Adjoining the territory of Zebulun, from the eastern border to the western border, Gad, one. The other border of Gad shall be the southern boundary. This boundary shall run from Tamar to the waters of Meribeth Kadesh, to the wadi of Egypt, and to the great sea. That is the land which you shall allot as a heritage to the tribes of Israel, and those are their portions, declares Hashem. And these are the exits from the city. On its northern side, measuring 4,500 amot, the gates of the city shall be three gates on the north, named for the tribes of Israel. The Reuben Gate, one. The Yehuda Gate, one. The Le- Levi Gate, one. On the eastern side, 4,500 amot, there shall be three gates. The Joseph Gate, one. The Benjamin Gate, one. And the Dan Gate, one. On the southern side, measuring 4,500 amot, there shall be three gates, the Shimon Gate, one, the Issachar Gate, one, and the Zebulun Gate, one. And on the western side, measuring 4,500 amot, there shall be three gates, the Gad Gate, one, the Asher Gate, one, the Naphtali Gate, one. Its circumference shall be 18,000 amot, and the name of the city from that day on shall be Hashem is there. First Peter two, eleven to three seven. Dearly beloved, I Peter beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that, whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God." Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if, when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. But if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were you called. 
because Yeshua also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not back. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who with his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be without the word be won by the conversation and behavior of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating and braiding of the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek, gentle and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner in the old time the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor to the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Psalm 119, 49-64 Remember the word unto your Lord's servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction, for your word has quickened me. The proud have held, had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from your Torah. I remembered your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror has taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake your Torah. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered your name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept your Torah. This I had, because I kept your precepts. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep your commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten your Torah. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto you because of your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear you and of them that keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. Proverbs 28, 12, and 13 When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory, 
But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. He that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. I'd like to speak to you today from Ezekiel 47 and 48. And these are the concluding chapters in the book of Ezekiel, and Ezekiel is laying out what the Lord showed him about the final third temple. And what's truly amazing about these two chapters is it's very clear that the twelve tribes of Israel will be allotted land in the land of Israel. And it's very detailed as to what their allotment is. All twelve tribes will have land. And so chapter 48 lays that out, where their territory is for Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Ephraim, Reuben, Yehuda, and, and all of the tribes. So some of the land that's right in the center of Jerusalem is the sacred set-apart land that is set apart for the actual temple. And it can never be sold or exchanged or transferred. It is sacred to God. And the Kohenim who will be doing temple service are those of the line of Zadok, because they kept God's charge and did not go astray. So, beloved, Judah are the Jews, And then the ten tribes of the north are the non-Jews. So if you're a believer, and you love Yeshua, and you follow his Torah, then you will receive an inheritance. We will receive an inheritance of land. And then the other thing that's fascinating is in chapter 48, it talks about the twelve gates leading into the city. And there are three gates on the eastern side, three on the south, three on the west, and three on the north. And each gate is named after one of the twelve tribes. So on the eastern side of this area leading into the temple, into the city, is Joseph, Benjamin, and Dan on the eastern side. And then the three gates leading into the city on the southern side The gates are named after Simeon, Issachar, and Zebulun. The three gates on the western side are named after Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. And the three gates on the northern side, going into the northern side of the city, are Reuben, Judah, and Levi. So this description of this holy, set-apart Jerusalem lines up and is in alignment with what we see in the book of Revelation. So in Revelation chapter 21, let me just read you those verses. It's it's truly a parallel passage to Ezekiel 48, chapters 30, or verses 30 to 35. So in Revelation 21, starting in verse 9, it is written, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light 
was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also she had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, chalcedony, the fourth, emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardius, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, topaz, the tenth, chrysoprase, the eleventh, jacinth, and the twelfth, amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Abba, I just pray right now that as we read these words and listen to them and think about them, somehow would you give us a glimpse, a little peek behind the veil of what it's going to be like to be there. It is truly our future our destiny, and our eternity to dwell in this place, in the heavenly Jerusalem, the set-apart holy Jerusalem, for she is truly the bride of the Messiah. So, Father, as we go through these temporary trials and sufferings and persecutions, may this vision of our future sustain us, strengthen us, encourage us, and give us hope that our trials are momentary and they are a light affliction compared to the great 
weightiness of the glory that awaits us as we endure and persevere with patience. How we love you and we bless you and we thank you, Yeshua, that you go to a place to prepare for us. That where you are going, there are many mansions and you are preparing a place for us in for all of eternity. Thank you for your word. May it shine brightly in our hearts this day. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.